Beware of the dreaded lump of coal on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for tuning into Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and this is our last episode of season one, episode 53. It's been my pleasure to present this first season to you. I've enjoyed it so much and have appreciated your comments and and questions and even concerns uh, regarding this podcast. Uh, It has gone over very well, in my opinion, and looking forward to starting season two with you next week. Uh, This episode is entitled Lump of Coal, and maybe 2020 has seemed to many of us to have been sort of a lump of coal that we got in our stocking. Uh, It's been a little bit rough, and it's been certainly full of challenges. And this episode, I really want to just uh, respond to one of our viewers' uh, um, uh, emails that he sent to me uh, in such a respectful and honoring way, and it's exactly kind of what I've wanted is to uh, be able to discuss these issues with people that maybe I don't even agree with. You know, honor doesn't mean agreement. And we can have these discussions openly and uh, with a sound mind. And I think that this will uh, this response to my listener will serve as somewhat of a year in review as well as a springboard into season number two. So with that being said, I do appreciate your responses. You can go to gofam.org and click on the media tab and go to pushback uh, section and leave your responses uh, to me. I do so, so greatly appreciate that. I'm in the process of packaging up some free gifts to a lot of our listeners that I've used on the air this year. Uh, as promised, I'm going to send you a free gift just as a thank you for uh, leaning into this podcast uh, so that we can enjoy this together and discuss some really important issues. Man, this year has been just crazy. So this response is written to us by Matthew, and I'm just going to break it down into sections, respond uh, in my agreements and some in my disagreements uh, to this response. But I want to first say that I honor Matthew for for leaving this uh, response to me. It is filled with a lot of insightful uh, and sometimes even frustrating responses to what has happened this year. And believe me, I get it. I get it. This has been... uh, Uh, somewhat of a polarizing year and a lot of areas and a lot of topics. So let's just dive in because we have a lot of ground to cover on this episode. Matthew starts by saying, There is no reason whatsoever to put your trust in government. The courts have failed us. The electoral process has failed us. The media has failed us. Public education has failed. Sometimes even men in the church have failed us. So I just want to response respond to that to say that many believe this. And uh, there is a lot of doubt right now, anger, skepticism, downright rejection of government. Uh, and, and on many of these issues, I agree. And if you've listened to my podcast, there have been many things that I have pushed back this year. But a healthy culture examines each issue and takes the time to explore all aspects that concern us. 
That's why I entitled this a lump of coal, because we can't lump it all together in one big basket of rejection as like a big lump of coal. You know, media suppression is a huge cultural problem and one that's going to require us to examine things even closer for ourselves, to explore all sources for ourselves, and also for us to step up to the plate and actually be the representative that the people need with integrity and be a voice with a sound mind. So that's just an introduction, but let's get into some of these topics. Matthew goes on to say, you said, meaning me, that evidence that vaccines cause autism has been debunked. You also stated in an episode of Pushback that hydroxychloroquine may not be trusted. Well, there is more evidence of effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine and autism being as a result of vaccines than the COVID vaccine effectiveness uh, itself. So I want to respond to that by really focusing on the word evidence. Uh, Matthew used the word evidence a couple times. Now, evidence in a scientific study way, and you've heard me say this before, requires a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study. Those are studies that remove the randomness uh, of just our humanness. It removes the biasness of the examiner or the patient receiving the medicine. And it removes what we call a placebo effect, where people want things to work. Uh, and because of that, report things uh, differently. Now, I want to be very clear that I never said that hydroxychloroquine couldn't be trusted. I said that it wasn't adequately tested. Those are two different things. And in fact, I clearly stated on a previous podcast that if hydroxychloroquine runs the appropriate randomized double-blind placebo-controlled studies and it shows its effectiveness, I will happily use it in my practice in the emergency department. But as of date, that has not yet been proven. And there's nothing against hydroxychloroquine. It's a fairly safe medication in its entirety. But right now, it's not adequately tested. And it would be uh, wrong for us as physicians to blindly give a medicine uh, based on what we call anecdotal evidence, which means a doctor in Michigan gave it to a patient. It seemed to get, patient seems to get better. That's not good enough. We need to have this tested. Now, I spent quite a bit of time talking about vaccines in relation to autism. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this podcast, but I can say in my medical opinion that vaccines causing autism has truly been debunked. And this has been through appropriate testing like I've just been talking about, uh, but also simple um, uh, observational evidence that shows that if mercury was the cause of autism, mercury now has been removed from vaccinations. If that's the case, then, then autism should go down to zero. And, and in fact, what we're seeing is the autism rates continuing to climb. That evidence alone debunks the causal effect of mercury in the vaccines as a cause of autism. So could it be something else in the vaccine? It's certainly possible, but Unfortunately, what we're seeing right now is even in unimmunized children, we are seeing autism. That's a pretty big piece of evidence that shows that there isn't a link. Now, you may say, well, there might be other reasons causing autism and vaccines are just one of them. But if we go down that road, then we can find everything that a child does could possibly be the link to autism, like drinking milk or crossing the street or breathing our air or eating applesauce, <laughs> any of those things that children do, if there is a, a link between all of those, those could also be causal effects of autism. So there is no evidential 
a causal effect between vaccinations and autism. I can say this pretty strongly because I've looked at the research. Now, there are people that aren't going to agree with that and continue to uh, create that um, that discussion and and uh, narration along with that. Uh, but as far as I can tell, as far as my medical knowledge is concerned, uh, there is no direct effect. Now, Matthew goes on to say, you also stated that you believe that we take the precautionary measures recommended by the government early in the pandemic. These measures have been catastrophic failures, especially considering the mortality rates and specifically the mortality rates among the non-elderly. So actually, Matthew makes really good points here, and I want to uh, dig into this a little deeper. Now, I did agree with the precautionary measures recommended by the government early in the pandemic, and I will stand behind those because I stated that uh, it was all about ICU capacity. And and if you remember the term flattening the curve, the goal uh, was to flatten the curve, which would simply buy us time, keep the infectivity rates low enough that we would be able to increase the ICU capacity that we could take uh, care of people effectively. I always say it points to Italy. Italy had a problem early in the pandemic where they have a large elderly population and not enough medical capability to care for them. And because of this, they actually had to turn away people and tell them to go home to die. Now that would have been a catastrophic failure if that occurred in our country unconscionable. I couldn't imagine myself being put in that position. And we didn't have to because we were able to flatten the curve long enough to create um, uh, respirators and ICU capabilities uh, so that when the surge came or the curve went up, which was going to be inevitable, we'd be able to help people and treat people appropriately. That's exactly what happened. And I agree that now we know that there's a vulnerable population. The average age of death in Minnesota is still 83 to 84. And I'm not minimizing those deaths at all, but we know who the vulnerable population is. And now with the vaccine, I believe that that population can be vaccinated, which will bring the death rate down, I believe, tremendously. Now, current measures that are in place, especially towards the low-risk populations, for instance, high school sports athletes, I believe are unreasonable. And so I'm agreeing with Matthew that a lot of these uh, current measures cause me to scratch my head. And now that we have our ICU capability in place, the question is, why are the restrictions still there? And I think it's a completely valid question by Matthew. So I do stand behind my position early in the pandemic. I believe there was a reason for that. I believe our governor actually made a, a, a very well-spoken, articulate case for this early on. But then, dot, 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 there seems to be a still a control measure by the government, even though those capabilities are now in place. And I don't completely understand. They're talking about high school athletes wearing masks while they do sports. I don't get it. That doesn't actually make sense to me whatsoever. And so I believe that I agree with Matthew to a certain degree, but I believe that what we did early on was completely appropriate. And I believe that our eyes need to continue to be open as we move forward. I believe this vaccine is actually an answer that's going to bring down the rates. So Matthew continues, what should I believe? Vaccine or no vaccine? You may say, follow the data. If I follow the data, I will take the vaccine because the only data that is available is produced by the state and all other data is suppressed. 
I am not concerned about being considered a conspiracy theorist or a kook or a nut because there is enough evidence to support what I believe. I would be considered one anyway for believing the gospel or not believing in global warming or evolution, the latter two which coincidentally is advanced by the same people advancing vaccine and COVID measures. Now, I want to take exception to that right off the bat because I'm that person. <laughs> I am anti-evolution. There's a, You can read, listen to my podcast earlier in the season where I talk about uh, the evolution of really bad science. And I, and I hope to give many more podcasts on evolution because I think it's one of the most important, dangerous aspects of our culture currently. I'm anti-global warming. I'll talk about that in a second. I don't support, as I just said, all current restrictions. But I do believe wholeheartedly in the gospel, just like Matthew. And yet I still support vaccination. Now, I believe that should bring me some credibility because I'm taking each of these individually and not lumping them into one big lump of coal. I believe each needs to be examined separately. And I believe that's important for my podcast because we need to dissect the issues appropriately and articulately so that we can discuss these not only with our government officials, but with one another where there's a lot of fear and misunderstanding. So let's look at these categories. Matthew has brought up a bunch of categories and, and I believe maybe tried to lump these all into one big lump of coal, but I believe we can take these separately. And I believe that we need to. So conceding the results of the election, agreeing with COVID restrictions, receiving vaccinations, rejecting the gospel, believing in global warming, believing in evolution. See, I believe that if we're talking about that these have a sinister problem or even a crime connected to them, that I believe that we can look at them like a crime scene. What is the motive, the means, and the opportunity? I'm kind of an Agatha Christie buff, and every one of her books is basically dissected into these, what is the motive, the means, and the opportunity? So let's talk about not conceding the results of the Holy Election. Well, there's clear motive, means, and plenty of opportunity that we have been seeing, enough for me to question big time the results of the election. As we get into season two, and this becomes more in the forefront over the next week, I most certainly will be talking about this as well. So I believe that we can question the results of the election based on motive, means, and opportunity. What about not agreeing with COVID restrictions? Well, I believe the motive, as we mentioned just previously, initially was to create time for resources to flatten the curve. Now, it maybe seems more about control and less about common sense. The virus has created means an opportunity for more government control. And we need to be alerted to that. We need to be proactive about that. We need to be sensitive to that. He mentioned believing in the gospel. Well, I wish I had hours to talk about this one. But for 2,000 years of history, there's been great victories and suppression of religious freedom. We need to watch this very closely. Our faith will always require a certain amount of radicalism or, well, faith. <laughs> the evidence of things not seen, and we need to stand up and be strong with that. I stand with you, Matthew, on the gospel. How about not believing in evolution? Well, the motive of, of the evolutionary thought, and most certainly theory is the right word, is to explain our existence without God. Explain our existence without the possibility of a God. Public school provided the means and the opportunity in combination with a complacent church to introduce the theory of evolution and to have it, forgive the pun, evolve into a fact 
That's simply not there. They tout, they tout science, but ignore that it's really bad science and doesn't hold up to basic scientific scrutiny. But it's pushed through the academic world because the alternative, the existence of a loving creator God, is unthinkable to them. So they sweep under the rug actually really good science and tout something that is simply not true. How about not believing in global warming? Well, there is an overt distortion of the science to create a narrative. The motive is an alternative government-controlled energy source. And they tout that natural disasters are on the increase. My friends, there have always been natural disasters. They've always been around far before carbon emissions, and they were around in great numbers. Now, in our current world, we can track a tsunami, we can track a tornado in the middle of China, and we know about it in real time. So it gives the impression that there is an increase. There have been fires in the state of California ever since I was born, <laughs> way before I was born. And, interestingly, we would expect to see some gradual warming in a post-flood world. It's simple, biblical geology. Post-ice age, post-Noah's flood, we would expect to see some gradual warming from that. It can't all be traced to global emissions or carbon emissions, but it doesn't mean that we can't have our eyes open to keeping our world healthy and our environment secure. But global warming, I reject it. How about not receiving vaccines? Now, this is why it's important not to lump all of these issues together, because I believe that vaccines have saved more lives than any other human invention. And statistically speaking, perhaps the only other invention would be pesticides, interestingly. So what is the motive? What would be the motive to provide a vaccine to people? What would be the motive for me to propagate a vaccine that would hurt people? Or President Trump, who's the leader of this world, who actually fostered and championed Operation Warp Speed to get this vaccine up and running? What would be his motive to hurt you? What about medical professionals who are not government-owned? We aren't paid or controlled by the government. The motive is that we all want the same thing, is for this pandemic to end, for this craziness to end, for people who have been dying and hurt from this, for it all to end. That's the motive. And I believe in my heart, and based on my 20-plus years of medical history and experience, that the vaccine is the means to that end. So I can report to you that earlier this morning, I received the vaccine proudly. I'll have a picture, hopefully, for you that I can put up on our podcast and our YouTube channel of me getting the vaccine to just prove you, prove to you that I took it, and I took it with enthusiasm. We have to objectively look at the means and the opportunity. I know there have been a lot of concerns and fears and, and uh, about microchips and tracking devices uh, and even to put fellow Americans in harm's way. What would be the motive? And to coordinate all of the agencies, the pharmaceuticals, the military personnel, the medical personnel into one coordinated effort to hurt American people seems beyond reason. Now, you may say that I'm deceived and I'm missing it. But I know people like Matthew who disagree with me on this. 
But I feel, and this is my personal opinion, of course, that it's safe and effective. So we also need to not look at all these issues as one big lump of coal because there are subsequent issues that matter to us and they matter to God. So let me give you some examples. Like what about socialism? Well, we're all against socialism. We think I gave a podcast on socialism. Why is it so dangerous? But it doesn't mean that we ignore the poor. We as as Christians, as followers of Christ, have been given the mandate to take care of the poor. We talk about global warming, and yet we are responsible to tend and keep this world and to help the environment. I have a wind turbine, and I have a geothermal system, both of which are environmentally friendly, because I care about it, and yet I can still reject the premise of global warming. Do we just reject government in its entirety and in its completion? You know, my listeners, I have dear friends in government that love this country, love our state, and love the Lord. And they are fighting on our behalf. And I don't believe that we can reject them just because they are willing to fight for us and just because they have a title of congressman, senator, or even our president. As soon as they take office, it becomes an us versus them phenomenon. And I believe that's dishonoring. I believe that we're supposed to honor our authority. I believe that's biblical. I'm currently reading right now the biography of William Wilberforce, who ended the slave trade in England. And and he had this great awakening in his spirit about the Lord and about his Christianity. He didn't feel like he could enter or continue to fight in the political realm because it was so dirty and corrupt. But the prime minister, William Pitt, sidelined him and says, no, it's actually the reason why you are here. You are here on a divine appointment to bring the culture of Christianity to government. So in my opinion, Matthew writes, in my opinion, the only advice that anyone should be giving on a vaccine or anything else is to pray on it. Well, in this, Matthew, I think I'm going to disagree with you in honor. Now, I've had a long track record, and I can show you transcripts of of the things that I've said and wrote about valuing the voice of the Lord. So on that, we agree, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It should always be our fallback position to bring it back to the Lord and hear his voice on every matter and not to proceed till we have his peace within us. But I also know that the Lord gives us one another. The Bible says when we walk with the wise, we will grow wise. It's his way. He's put us in a body so that we iron sharpens iron, that we strengthen each other. And so often he speaks to us through others. And I know that he loves to share his heart and even his direction through others. So I'm not ready to dig a bunker. I'm not ready to stop listening to the advice of others. I think that's dangerous. And I'm not willing to dismiss our government in one big lump. But I'm looking for governmental and cultural reform. Reformation. We have to be the ones. We are the ambassadors of heaven here on this earth. And if we're looking at the government with with distrust, if we don't trust anything that they're doing, then it needs to be reformed. And we need to be the ones to do it. Matthew, I thank you so much for your response. I really do value it. 
And I thank you that I can use this as a discussion tool. But Matthew, maybe I just submit to you. Take the reins. You have wisdom. You have insight. Be willing to step into the public realm and make that message known. We need to be the ones that stand up to be the Reformation. I believe through the passion and the power of his ambassadors, that's us, here on this earth, we can change the world. I believe that with my whole heart. I believe that's why we're doing this podcast. It's going to require some grinding. We got to get into it. We got to find out what's true. We can't get all our information on Facebook book or a, or a half-hearted Google search. We need to listen to each other. We need to honor each other. We need to strengthen each other. It doesn't mean that you have to just listen to me and accept everything that I say. I should not be your only source of news or understanding. But I will tell you this. I believe in my heart my motive is pure and I'm not selling anything. I'm here just telling you what I believe. And I'm here as an ambassador of heaven giving my opinion. So I'm so grateful that you're willing to listen to it and to lean into it. And I've received so many responses, just like Matthew and others, that have been such an encouragement because this is what I want. I want to be able to discuss this openly and with honor. So let's go together in this new year to set and shape the culture.